Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Jehocraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with us another Wednesday evening, where we have the opportunity on this Thanksgiving Eve to reflect upon Pope Francis, uh, both where he's in the news and certainly uh, what he's uh, saying on paper. And if you are a faithful listener to this program, you know we have been talking the stuff of joy of the gospel. And... uh, it is Wednesday, so uh, I have Bob Cross with me. So, Bob, it is great to have you with me another evening. Thanks, Joe. Always good to be here. So, uh, another Wednesday evening, Bob, to talk about uh, Papa Francesco, huh? <laughs> Pope Francis. Uh, you know, one of the things that struck me, among other things this week, certainly he was in the news a lot. He offered up uh, quite an address to the European nations. Certainly, we'll talk about that, probably not tonight, but down the road. What I wanted to make note of now um, is the fact that he he canonized six more saints. And I guess the who struck me. Uh, two Indians, two Indian saints and four Italians. Uh, what was common in these saints that he canonized? They all had a heart for the poor. Uh, interestingly, four of the six saints uh, founded a religious community. The first Indian saint had founded a Carmelite community uh, within the Native American Indian uh, people. And another saint was actually a Carmelite who had joined uh, that community. And then, of course, she had four Italians, all obviously having a heart for the poor. There was something else, though, that he, that he said that struck me, and it was how he talked about what made them holy. And he used the word creative, He used the word creative. They were creative in the way they went to reach out to those who are most in need. And that really struck me because even in serving the poor, Bob, we are called to be creative. And by that, what Pope Francis wants us to see is we need to go out of our way, just serve the poor, yes, but it's just not giving them food. It's also sharing the faith. A lot of people misunderstand this. A lot of people think that, you know, the Catholic Church and many Christian churches are, are these, you know, these uh, charitable repositories where they're just handing out food. But that's not the Christian message. At least it's not the sum total message. Why? Because what did Jesus Christ say? More than manna is here. And the Word of God is everlasting food. Okay, and so Pope Francis challenges us to serve the poor But go beyond that. Don't just give them a dollar. Don't just give them a piece of bread. No. Do more. Be creative. One of the saints, he had founded a a, um, religious community, and he he found a hospice that was tied to that, and and that was for him a setting in which he would be able to just not heal the sick, but also minister them as it relates to uh, bringing them into the faith. Uh, There's many things we can do in serving the poor, certainly, But we have this challenge before us. And isn't this at the heart of the new evangelization? We don't think about that evangelizing imagination when we're dealing with the poor. And I think this is a beautiful truth 
that kind of subtly came out. And that truth is, even when you're dealing with those people who you don't think you are called to evangelize their imagination, no, no, do so. Be creative. Very important. And so we have this call. We have this challenge to look in the mirror and say, okay, what am I doing to do more? What am I doing so as to stir the heart? Yes, I need to go out of my way and make the sacrifices necessary to uh, make sure that those who are without have what they need. And part of that is the gospel truth. And I, that's, that's, you know, kind of a really, really interesting, you know, way of, of putting it as you just described. And when you stop and think about you know, many times when we give or we serve um, others in need, you know, are we really thinking about what it is that's motivating us to do that? And not just to who we're ministering to, but the people maybe who take notice or happen to see what we're doing. Do they think we're doing it just to make ourselves feel good? Or are we doing it because that's who we are and that's mm-hmm. the way we want to share? And it isn't just necessarily about evangelizing somebody. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you something, so now you're going to have to hear what I have to say about my faith. Yeah. But just by virtue of the action and the faithful action and what it represents, that mm-hmm. that that energy that comes from giving from the heart, yeah. I think is what he's, I think that's the creativity. Don't you think that he's yeah, talking about? Yeah, it is. And what he wants us to be present to, Bob, is that we are just not body. We are just not flesh. We are body and soul. We are flesh and spirit. You know, yes, we need material sustenance. We need to be nourished. We need um, food, obviously. But as sons and daughters of God, uh, we need to be fed with the spiritual food the Word of God. And when we are mindful of this, certainly uh, our evangelizing is going to be much more effective. And, And this shouldn't shock us, because when you really think about it critically, we should approach every person that we are engaging in light of the fact that they are, you know, incarnate spirits and spiritualized bodies, as John Paul II would like to talk about it. Okay? And when we approach it this way, and we see this for what it is, um, certainly, our evangelization uh, is is well on its way. And we see this, have we not, Bob, in joy of the gospel? We see this in joy of the gospel, that ultimately, if we don't have a heart for the poor, then our evangelization is going to come up short. It's going to stall. It's going to become stagnant, right? And so, we have to enter into this dynamic I am convinced, I am absolutely unequivocally convinced that uh, the Holy Spirit elected this man, Pope Francis, because we are made to see that evangelization, it's just not about what we say as much as it is about what we do. And when we are present to both word and deed, yes, we are the evangelizers that God calls us to be. And so, with that, We are in now, what, chapter 3, Bob, of Joy of the Gospel, a chapter that is titled Proclamation of the Gospel. And I know we started to get into this. We talked briefly about what evangelization is. And so we started to get into paragraph 110. If you are listening out there and you have your Joy of the Gospel, if you want to turn your documents, turn your books, however you have it, (laughs) the Joy of the Gospel, to that chapter, so paragraph 110, 111, 112, what do we have here, Bob? Well, the, I, I know these first several chapters, you know, here's Pope Francis 
quoting or referencing you know, St. John Paul too, and uh, uh, Benedict XVI. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these paragraphs, so, you know, it's interesting that he's quoting it. And, and with that, Bob, why don't we go to where he quoted John Paul II? Because I think this paragraph is very important to just the larger understanding of what evangelization is all about. Paragraph 110, he quotes in John Paul II, is to fulfill its providential destiny. He told the church this, that evangelization as the joyful, patient, and progressive preaching of the saving death and resurrection of Jesus Christ must be your absolute priority. These words hold true for all of us. Amen. And when I had read this paragraph, the word that just jumped out to me was destiny. You know, destiny. Uh, Let's think about this for a second. We are all destined for the heavenly Jerusalem. We are all destined for the beatific vision. But do we all arrive there? No, not necessarily, because Jesus Christ himself talks about this place called hell, Gehenna, right? So we have free will. We can choose against doing the will of the Father. And this is very important when you start talking about that destination which God has put before us, that destination we call heaven. You know, how do we think about destiny? You know, Bob, contemporarily speaking, uh, when we hear the word destined, we, we think of maybe fate. We think of, of words like karma. Um, but do we think about what, we're, what we are supposed to be doing with the end in mind? Because ultimately, when you think about uh, destiny and the role of the church, as John Paul II wants us to see here, it ultimately operates fundamentally as an agent that seeks to evangelize and to fulfill our destiny, this providential destiny. And her whole identity is caught up in this working with the end in mind. If it's uh, the sacramental life, if it's the teachings that do this, don't do that, there's a reason why I'm saying this, (laughs) Uh, the canonization of saints that we were just talking about, it's all a reminder that the church's identity is a sign making visible the invisible reality of God. Um, The church is a sacrament, you know, par excellence, that points us to ultimately our destiny. And uh, I'm thinking of that great verse, Bob, Romans 5, 20, where sin arises, grace abounds all the more, because God writes straight with crooked lines. (laughs) He's even going to take that one bad thing and make it something good for us. Sometimes that might be a lesson that we need to learn, or it could be anything that ultimately in the end draws us unto him. Sometimes God sticks out his foot and we trip and fall because if he didn't, we would have not fulfilled our destiny. And that destiny ultimately is to share in his, in his life and his love. The church ultimately is Holy Mother Church. She is a mother for a reason, as Paul talks about it, because we need to be told, uh, do this, don't do that for a reason. Because ultimately, I have something so much bigger planned for you. And the church is saying the same thing. God the Father looks down upon us and says, I have something so much greater in store for you. And so, yes, live with the end in mind. So important. Sure. And, you know, and again, you know, the topic, this joy of the gospel, new evangelization, which, you know, we're called to, that, you know, was, was prefaced, um, you know, Pope Francis's pontificate by and St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict XVI. You know, there's this, common theme, this 
thread of what the faith is all about and what we're called to do, that, you know, he's just right in lockstep with his predecessors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, too often there's this focus on Pope Francis, you know, being different, so to speak. And there are some differences in personalities. We, we know it every, every week. But here again, I think it's great to, to talk about, you know, again, this common thread, this spirit in which, you know, has, has been taking place now for a long time. Yeah, for 2,000 years. You know, for, for 2,000 years, the church has been in the business of evangelization. Because, as Pope Francis is saying here, ultimately, uh, this is why she exists. You know, Benedict's words were what? The church exists for evangelization. And as I'm about to read here in paragraph 111, I mean, these are the words of Pope Francis. Evangelization is the task of the church. The church, as the agent of evangelization, is more than an organic and hierarchical institution. She is first and foremost a people advancing on its pilgrim way towards God. She is certainly a mystery rooted in the Trinity, yet she exists concretely in history as a people of pilgrims and evangelizers, transcending any institutional expression, however necessary. I would like to dwell briefly on this way of understanding the church whose ultimate foundation is in the free and gracious initiative of God. So what is Pope Francis talking about here? This, this pilgrim people, you know, we are on a journey. Pope Francis wants us to be thinking about how we think about pilgrims, huh? And I'm not necessarily talking about uh, Thanksgiving Day pilgrim here. I'm talking about uh, one who is in search for God. And when we are on a journey in this way, we are more mindful then of the fact that we are called to evangelize. You know, I think again here, Bob, we can talk about that great truth of less is more. Pope Francis wants us to see that we need to carry less so that we might be more focused on the mission that is the church. You know, because the more we are bombarded with the material goods, the less we're going to be disposed to the spiritual realities of the church, which is first and foremost, this call we have to be in God for other, this call that we have to essentially see the, the task that comes out of the gift. And we do this best when we see ourselves as pilgrims, when we see ourselves on uh, this quest, on this journey of faith, uh, it is so easy to just maybe roll past that sentence and not think a whole lot about it. But it's, it's a very important word, and collectively, this phrase of being pilgrims and evangelizers is a very important phrase for us, Bob, because it is in coming to understand that we are just pilgrims. We are just on the way here. We are not necessarily pitching tent for all eternity here on earth. No, we are on the way. And when we see this for what it is, our eyes and hearts will open up to what it means to be on this journey, which, of course, has us constantly thinking about evangelization. And Pope Francis would have us see and would have us know that when we are without evangelizing the faith, that in itself witnesses to the faith. This is what made the likes of one St. Francis of Assisi so effective in his evangelization. People were drawn to the uniqueness of this man and how he just had this kind of singular focus on Christ. Right? You can't have a singular focus on Christ, Bob. You can't have a singular focus on evangelization if we are bombarding ourselves with so many material goods. You know, here we are coming up on Black Friday, and we're about to throw ourselves into this uh, malaise of gift buying. 
we have to start asking ourselves the questions. Why are we doing this? What is this all about? Tomorrow's program, we're going to spend a great deal talking about gratitude. We're going to be talking about gift. But it's enough to say here and now, Bob, that if we are not mindful of the gift, then what we're going to do is just buy a bunch of them and be on our merry way and not think a whole lot about it, realizing that all we're doing is a disservice to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ by giving them so much that they now have more to concern themselves with. <laughs> so gift buying is a fine thing, but uh, we must examine this in light of, of simplicity. Very important. Well, and I, I always love with it, you know, he equates, you know, the spirit of giving, the spirit of, of charity in light of who we are. And as you, as you referenced, you know, the way he uses the word pilgrim, sure, we're, a, we're on a journey. I mean, every day we're going somewhere. We're going mm-hmm. in one direction or another. Mm-hmm. And we have to think about that in terms of, okay, as Christians, it's not so much about imposing our will or trying to convince somebody of something. Evangelization isn't really that. Mm-hmm. But it's going through our actions and feeling the joy, and this is called the joy of the gospel for a reason, to feel that good news uh, and, the, and, the, and the wonder and the saving grace that it represents and to be able to share that with other people, especially by virtue of our ability to be able to, to express it in a way worth giving, with true giving from the heart mm-hmm. because of who we are. You mentioned, you know, St. Francis. People were drawn to him because it's like, oh, this guy is, this is really who he is. Mm-hmm. This isn't just something that he's trying to put on a show for. And people that really are, you know, full of that, that type of spirit that really give from the heart, are faith-filled, you know, and hopefully can all be at that point at some some level. Saints, that's what we're all striving for yeah. in our pilgrimage. Yeah. You know, that's that's where everything comes back to, it seems like, with Pope Francis yeah. and what he writes. And it's right there in paragraph 111. Yeah. Amen. I'm just thinking of the last pilgrimage I took to Europe, Bob, how, yes, there was this singular focus on where we were going, the very specific places. And In that travel time, from point A to point B to point C, and all the other points that were not expected because, well, you know, when you travel to Europe, there's going to be a lot of that going on. You work through that because you know where you're going. You say to yourself, well, this is all worth it because if I do this and I do that, that means I'm going to be able to make it to Lourdes, Ireland, you know, Scotland, wherever it is that you're going, right? Do we have this frame of mind when we think about what we're talking about now, that we are a pilgrim people. I mean, do we have that singular focus on heaven? That along the way, when, when Satan tries to throw something in our path and divert our attention, that we are able to work through that and overcome that so as to get back on that path of holiness and that path that ultimately has us, again, as you were just talking about, Bob, filled with that spirit of joy. Because that joy comes from knowing, knowing that you are doing the will of the Father. Uh, very important. I, I've been getting some visitors, Bob, these past few weeks, uh, more so than I have in quite some time, some Jehovah Witnesses. And, you know, they're going to come to your door in twos, and in some cases, threes. And this past Tuesday, they were at my door. I was looking at them and, and, and talking to them and, and thinking to myself, you know, they really have abandoned everything for what they believe in. And that in of itself not speaking to the doctrine, the very flawed doctrine, but that in of itself is admirable. 
it is is admirable. It's the Mormons come into your door. I mean, they are giving, they are turning their lives over for what they believe in, and that is an admirable trait. Now, it convicts me to dialogue with them and to talk about the fullness of truth, certainly. But here they are embracing that call. Less is more. Mormons come to my door. It's the same thing. Embracing that call. Less is more. And what's striking, and I think what's really important for us is they do so with a smile on their face. And that's not something they create. They really believe it. And uh, I think as Catholics, we have to challenge ourselves. Do we approach our faith with, I dare say, the same kind of reckless abandonment that these Mormons and Jehovah's Witness for what they believe in do? Okay, I'm not saying what they believe in doctrine is right. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that in their belief, it is admirable. And uh, in that sense... Uh, we should be asking ourselves some hard questions. You know, do we just turn them away? I'm too busy. They've come to your door. They've made sacrifices. Be present to them. Let them challenge your faith so that you know your faith better. That's for another topic another time. But I just, I, I was jotting down some notes, Bob, and it struck me. You know, we could stand to learn from this a little bit, just not as Catholics, but also as Christians and be more more proactive in some of our door-to-door evangelizing, that we need to make sacrifices in doing so, and that we really, in that sense, enter into that that idea of being a pilgrim people. Sure. And, you know, when the topic comes up, we shouldn't be afraid to engage, you know? Nope. And let's face it, <clears throat> everywhere today, you know, the topic, and maybe not necessarily religion per se, or faith, um, the topic of just values, of culture, of you know, right, wrong, and sometimes the blurred lines. I mean, mm-hmm. it's everywhere around us. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't be embarrassed or inhibited by allowing our faith to go ahead and represent who we are. And I think that's, that comes back again to what, what, we're, what we're discussing here. You know, we need to be who we are, and, that's, and we need to de- determine who that is as pilgrims on our journey, part of the new evangelization, as being Catholic, as being Christian. Yeah, amen. And yeah, this is really what's a part of paragraph 112 here, Bob. Um, we're not going to have the time to get into all of this, but uh, one of the, the things that comes out of this is just, you know, that the church is a gift. We have been given this great gift that is grace itself from God. And what are we doing with that? Huh? I mean, let's think about this for a second, Bob. Imagine that one thing you want most right now whether it be this car, whether it be a trip, maybe, that one thing that, man, if I had that, my world would be okay right now. Here I am asking this question in light of our discussion on poverty, but for the sake of an analogy, right? That one thing, imagine receiving that gift and then being, nah, no big deal. Nah, I don't, this isn't doing anything for me. God gives us that one gift in the church, and the sacramental life and his grace. What are we doing with it? <laughs> what are we doing with it? I mean, are we saying, wow, this is incredible. He's given me everything I can ever hope for. Or are we saying, ah, you know, no big deal. Just God's life, his love. He poured himself out for no big deal. How are we approaching this? Because what Pope Francis wants us to see and, and what's coming out in some of these initial paragraphs is that ultimately this is all a gift, a gift that we are actually called to share in. 
He gives us the gift, and in doing so, it is something that we are called to give to other people. So how do we approach this gift? We have been given the church as a gift and its sacramental life to share in the great mystery that is the love and life of God. What are we doing with it? Are we evangelizing? Are we sharing? Pope Benedict XVI, and I love this line, he said, why do we look at truth as something that gets in the way of our relationships when the truth is Jesus Christ and it's the great gift? We should be joyful. We should be ready to give it away, to share it. Why is it getting in the way? And Benedict said, because you're getting in the way. (laughs) Because you have not received the gift for what it is. You have not understood the gift for what it is. You have not embraced the gift for what it is. And that gift of Jesus Christ is our salvation, and we are called to evangelize and catechize. So Pope Francis, alongside, of course, of the father of the new evangelization, St. John Paul II, and our emeritus Pope, Benedict XVI, say in unison, see the church as a gift, and in light of that gift, be ready to take it in, enjoy it, and at the same time, Share it and give it away. Understand that this gift is going to challenge you. Understand that this gift, at the same time, is going to make you the best version of yourself. Give people a reason to live for something so much more. Amen. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program, or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.